on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Vile Files Ask Nick Edition. I'm your host, Nick, joined by Allie and Amanda. Ladies, how are you doing today? Good. Hey. I always say the same thing. It's fine. I yeah, and I always come in and I'm like, oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I I was a I was a bit of a freak show uh, this oh, weekend. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, god. yes! I'm <laughs> so glad we're getting into this. <laughs> I had um, a wee bit of a. I think mental breakdown makes it sound a little bit more exciting than it was. I just I started crying a lot during yoga, <laughs> and I got really upset and worked up. And then when I got home, I was like trying to call my friends, and nobody was answering. And it was just like a bad situation. Basically, finally, one of my dear friends, Kira, answered and like very much talked me off the ledge. But then was like, you know, like do you have anyone who you can like hang out with? And I was like, oh, I could like probably like call my boyfriend because like my therapist has been like you need to demonstrate more emotional intimacy that's why we have boyfriends and girlfriends uh, also like it's official that he's your boyfriend now yes but it, it's official but it's like i feel like we're chilling you know like i what don't is that, what, why are we why are we disqualifying we're disqualifying it because amanda can't contextualize it like i don't i i feel like usually like boyfriend means that you there's some sense of like trajectory i have no sense of our trajectory no see you <laughs> no i mean at least not not <laughs> on this show i mean the i think people make the mistake of thinking the way you do and assigning some sort of what feels like uh, an unobtainable goal just by calling someone your boyfriend or girlfriend it's just like you're just you're committing to focusing on this one person. That's it. Okay. And I feel like that's why we always tell callers to like ask them what this label means or ask yeah. them like what defining things will mean because for a lot of people it doesn't mean like we're walking down the aisle at some point. That's why everyone's like not defining relationships because it's just like, oh my boyfriend. They hear boyfriend, yeah. they hear husband. Anyway, so you panicked. <laughs> so I so I was having a very bad time and I was like, you know what? Like this is I should really like do the th I should do the thing. I should be vulnerable. I didn't realize because I'm very vulnerable with my friends. I didn't realize like how fuck like much fucking harder it is for me to do that with like romantic partners. So I was like, I spent so long. I was gonna like text him first, be like, hey, just a heads up, I'm crying. Like text him to warn him I was crying before I called him. And then I was like, no, don't do that. Just like call him. So I called him and he was like, he was like, do you want me to make you gnocchi? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and so then he had me over and then I woke up in the night and I like couldn't sleep and I kept like tossing and turning. And this man has an unbelievably loud bed frame, like a criminally loud bed Before frame. Before this story even happened, Amanda had come into studio one day and she was like, have you ever been with someone who has a really noisy bed frame? <laughs> and I was like, not off the top of my head. <laughs> It's really been weighing on it's, her. No, it's yeah. a night because it's so loud, and I don't. I don't mean like, oh, we're fucking, and it's loud. I mean like you, you any ever, movement, any movement is makes a noise. It rattles so loud. Oh. Um, and so I was like, I couldn't sleep, and then I just got like, because he, it was really nice of him to have me over. He had work at like five a.m. the next day. I think you need to get him an article bed frame. I was just hey. about to say, is there a sponsor of the show that would like to contribute to Amanda's love life? <laughs> Anywho. Uh, um, 
<laughs> so then, so then I like was up in the night, and I'm still like kind of. I just got really in my head, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like I'm gonna wake him up, like, or I'm just gonna like just. Disru- I'm gonna be so disruptive to his sleep because like I can't sleep and I'm uncomfortable and I don't know what to do, and I my brain won't turn off. And usually I just like listen to an audiobook when my brain won't turn off. But I was like, I can't listen. I can't just like blast an audiobook. So I decided to like a thief in the night leave. Like I just I just left his house at like two a.m. and I sent you a just text. Peaced out. I peaced out because I was just like, I just really didn't want to bother him. And then after, since recounting this story, I've realized that was probably a little extreme. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I actually like this story just because I think it reaffirms the idea for me that it takes time to truly build an emotional connection and emotional intimacy with someone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, here you are uh, staying at your boyfriend's house, someone that you've been hanging out with a lot for the past couple months, right? To the point where you're getting to know each other. And a lot of people in these situations do that. And they feel like, I've, I know this person so well, right? And we, there's an expectation I think we put on ourselves and the other person and the relationship for how well we know each other and we'll say things like, oh, I feel like we know each other forever, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I think this goes to show that like, you're just still, and it's totally valid and normal that you still have a level of like discomfort to inconvenience this person. Totally. And if you were to inconvenience them, you're, there's like an insecurity of what are they going to think about me, et cetera, et cetera, rather than just being like, I can't sleep. I'm just, you know, but you were so, I guess, worried about what he would think to a certain degree. I just, I just, I was really worried about like being disruptive. Yeah. But I like in a, in a relationship, but like you just, but also you with leave. the context, <laughs> but the context of him like having to be up at like five the next morning, no, I get like, all there that. are, yeah. yeah. And I, but, but, but the sneaking off <laughs> in the middle of the night, like if I will, if my girlfriend was staying at my house and I like woke up at like three and then she was just gone, I would panic. Yeah, I would be f- afraid. I would. Where did she, what happened? Well, I texted him because I was like, "It's probably going to be very jarring that I am like not there." She in the a handwritten note on the pillow. Yeah, it's like went but to get cigarettes. Even that would be like, <laughs> well, "Did I do something? What? What? What's going on?" But I just think it just shows that like, event. I'm just saying, eventually, if you continue to date bar guy, you will reach a point where you won't get anxiety out of fear of disrupting him. Like you might go to the other room like if he has a big day tomorrow, you like want to be always a considerate partner, but there is something in you that made you feel like you needed to leave. And I feel like that just kind of speaks to like, it just takes time to build like an emotional connection with someone, which I think is totally fine. I think sometimes we, we like, here we are talking about, it takes time for you to like want to define something and then you want to disqualify it. We're afraid to do that, but it's like we can define relationships. We can call each other boyfriend and girlfriend, and then we can still simultaneously recognize that it takes time to get to know people. Like these, these all, all these things can be true. And I think we often make dating and relationships, especially early on more difficult on ourselves because we kind of think in the extremes you know, like, oh, if I commit to this person, like, what does it mean for our plans? Do we have to family plan? Or or am I, how, how fast am I supposed to feel comfortable with this person? You know, how fast totally. am I supposed to, like, 
is it okay for me to like want to go home in the middle of the night you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and then like people have these different expectations of what that all means it's also just like i feel like it's a lot like when we talk about like getting to know someone like it's so much less about like actually like divulging personal history because i've definitely like had like conversations where i've shared like yeah, very like, personal things and felt very like safe and comfortable but it's like what it really to me feels like the hardest part is like asking them for things that aren't mutually beneficial because i feel like so much of a relationship when you're assessing if it's a good fit it's like is it mutually beneficial? Like, do we want, is it easy and natural for us to provide things for one another that we like can, you know? Or yeah, just, and just feeling comfortable enough with someone to even like have that conversation or to, you know, you're some, so much of getting to know someone and dating someone early on is to ask them directly or indirectly to accept who you are or to accept your, like your new, like your, like neurotic thoughts and behave like you're uh, we're all weird like we all kind of come with a little bit of weird and you know and, yeah. and, and and we're insecure about how we are sometimes and like that can be it's one thing to like have a conversation a couple dates and like talk about like families but to truly just be like yeah i do that you know like to really expose yourself vulnerably you know and still feel like they like you is a it's 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 a part of a getting to know someone that I think we kind of take for granted and we just like so many people like will date someone I like them they'll define the relationship and then and, and after three months they just stop checking in you needing to leave in the middle of the night I think is a signal to you that they're like you need to check in with your boyfriend I don't know about what but it's just like you felt a, you felt compelled to leave and I would be curious if I were dating you about like why and not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's just more like, why did you feel uncomfortable enough that you would want to leave rather than sleep on the couch or, or did I make, do I make you feel a certain way? You know, like, because it, it was kind of an abrupt thing to do to just at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Were, you, a, were you like a call your parents in the middle of the night at a sleepover person or were you like a, I love sleepovers i'll be here until four i love sleepovers oh my god i i i had an era where i like i had to i had a few botched sleepovers as a kid Did where you? i had to be like mom pick me up but then i like was like i'm going to australia when i'm 18 all by myself like so it's yeah. like i definitely like rebounded hard from that but i think i definitely but to me it felt like growth being like i'm gonna choose to do this thing to be by myself like i'm gonna take care of myself even if that means like leaving and like being in my own bed like by myself and I like journaled anxiously for like an hour but instead of just being like okay like I'm gonna stay next to this person yeah you, like, you didn't choose to like people please by like laying in his bed and not sleeping so that right. he wouldn't worry but the conundrum was born out of a need to people please so ah. it was kind of like but he was really nice about like he was and I was like I was like I need to be like honest about this like I need to make it very clear that this is like a me thing and not a him thing because I felt like this I feel like this constantly like I think I'm very worried about the way I know communication is very important, but I think I struggle with trying to find the balance of like when it's most appropriate to communicate. Because I do think there's also a valid point of like, he has like a really early day at work tomorrow. It's not, maybe it's not the time to be like, I don't know if my like level of like emotional intimacy and comfort, <laughs> like, do you know, like. Sure. But also like you could have ruined his day potentially by like him waking up, you being gone and him being like in his head about why. She could have ruined his day by blasting an audiobook at two sure. in the morning. <laughs> I'm <laughs> well, just saying, like, yeah, who knows? No. I just think if nothing else, it's just a signal to like yourself that like it's a 
we, I think we start dating people, we decide we like them. And if we even, if we go as far as defining the relationship, then I think at that point, so many of us stop checking in. We stop like still wanting to like say, Hey, is this, how's this going for you? Or I, now, now that I've gotten more comfortable with you, we've increased some expectations. I felt a certain way, or I was a little like unsure about how you might respond to this. And we stop having conversations like that. I think sometimes. Yeah. And did you guys like talk about it afterwards? Yeah, totally. Well, cause like I'd send him like a message. I wanted to be very clear, like with the tone of my messages that he'd done nothing wrong. And I was like, Hey, like I couldn't sleep. So like I went back to mine, like, thank you so much again for like having, he was like very nice to me. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, hope you have a great day at work. Like exclamation point, like very much like we are good. I'm not mad at you at all. You did nothing wrong. And then he sent like, like a bunch of messages being like, yeah, I, I didn't know where you were. I was looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, hope you have a great day. And then it was studio day yesterday. And then he like followed up, like double texted to be like, hey, how are you feeling and doing? So he was like very, very nice. And then he was like, he was so worried. He was like, was I snoring? Like, did I keep you up? <laughs> and I was like, no, I got irrationally anxious. And I was like, I felt like that was a, a step to be honest, to be like, yeah. I was being a little crazy lady. <laughs> how did he respond to you saying that? He was like very nicely and was like, yeah, like I was tired last night, but like would love to like, if you want to talk through more stuff, like let me know. So he's delightful and lovely. Well, summer is approaching and uh, Article has launched their new line of outdoor products for summer 2022. So think oversized statement loungers, streamlined dining pieces and easy to style sofas for all your backyard needs. Let's get outside and enjoy that uh, warm Memorial Day weekend. There's nothing worse than having like cheap, terrible furniture, too, because then you no. don't want to host people. It's embarrassing. I know. You don't stop embarrassing yourself. Upgrade your outdoor furniture with Article. They've been a friend of this show for some time now because uh, they're making great furniture at such an affordable price. Article combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of uh, online shopping. Uh, I've always gotten compliments on my Article furniture. The purchasing experience was delightful. You just buy it <laughs> and then they ship it. And I quite loved my uh, my couch. But they also can make the exchange process super easy, uh, fast and affordable. Uh, it's available across uh, the U.S. and Canada, and is uh, shipping is free on orders of $999. Uh, all in-stock items are delivered in two weeks or less. And they're able to give you such amazing pricing because they cut up the middleman, those nail salespeople, no retail markups, no showrooms. You save up to 30% over traditional retail prices. It's really great furniture. It's super stylish. It's super modern. And more importantly, high quality, very durable pieces. So... Uh, article is offering our listeners $50 off their first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash V-I-A-L-L, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash V-I-A-L-L to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Canva Pro. Design like a pro. Uh, we all want to look like professionals in whatever we're doing, and uh, Canva Pro is helping people look like uh, they went to school for marketing for a, a decade. Correct. So whether you are working for a small business or maybe you just want to create the best possible content for your kids' birthday parties or invitations, or maybe you're a creator, you want to get in the old uh, influencer game, Canva Pro can help you. It's the way uh, to do it. Canva Pro has endless premium fonts, photos, videos, and so much more to add personality and edge to whatever it is you're doing. You and 14 Mates can add, unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer for just 
$12.99 a month. With Canva Pro Content Planner, you'll save time planning, creating, and posting social media content too. Pause scheduled posts and edit them at any time. Uh, what's your favorite feature about Canva Pro? Um, I myself have never been able to figure out Photoshop. It feels way too challenging. And there's this thing on Canva where you can put in a photo, really anything, and you click background remover. And it is like the most precise remover. And people think that I've like fully learned Photoshop and it's just objectively a button. Design like a pro with Canva Pro right now. You can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash V-I-A-L-L to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash V-I-A-L-L. Canva.me slash V-I-A-L-L. Are you going on a second date with this guy? Other guy, Allie? Um, I think so. He's not the best. It's like very hard to track him down and he's not a great texter but then he'll like post on social media which has been very annoying to me i love i'm a big texter i love texting mm-hmm. we know and, like we know <laughs> wedding like wedding guy and i always I, have that very like good i don't know that yes think about how ali responds to stuff so promptly no matter what time of the day correct no and she's an incredible employee uh <laughs> but i guess i de- i didn't i didn't you didn't think it carried over to my personal life? Yeah, I, I did. Well, I didn't know. I don't. I didn't assume. Well, yeah. Like I don't know. I feel like I got very spoiled with wedding guy because it was he was the same way, and we texted all the time. And now I'm like, I felt very out of control after the first date because I was like, holy shit, why do I like this person so much? I don't know anything about him. So in a way, maybe the frustration about the communication or like it, it's it's kind of like maybe popped the perfection bubble, which is probably a healthy thing because I didn't want to get too far ahead of myself. But then I showed all the because I felt out of control. So I showed the text to my friend's boyfriend in New York over the weekend. And he was like, no, you're fully in control. And I was like, <laughs> but you're stalking his Instagram already. Well, it just keeps popping up. Oh, yeah. It's like that's when, you know, it's like, you know, you are like. You like someone when they're always well, like he's the like, first he's like Instagram stories all the <laughs> like time. Story that you see. Just say I, if you're. So I'm not supposed to go on Instagram. But, God forbid. But if you're actively paying attention to how much he posts versus how much he texts you, that would like like maybe not as. Oh no! I know I'm not, but I <laughs> like that in the text it looks like I am. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully he. What are what, who knows? <laughs> but we don't have a second date planned. No, because he was like, oh, when can I see you? He's just so bad at texting. And then when I was going to the airport on Sunday, he's like, What does like, that mean? I... Like, he's not quick to respond. Like, ever. Or, it's, yeah. It, like, results in me, like, having to send a second text, like, a day or two later. Mm. To, like, jog it. Can I just say, I am also a bad texter. Mm-hmm. And I am, like, there's some stuff where it's, like, if someone's, like, really in, like, deep shit, then I'll, like, if a friend needs, like, I will respond. And, like, some days I'm good at texting, but some days I am so bad about texting. And it has nothing to do with how much I, like, like or care about someone. Yeah. You don't believe me. <laughs> I, too, am a bad texter. If they wanted to, they would mentality. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, your level of interest. But also you had one date with this person. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't make. Like it's totally valid for him to be interested in you and not like over the moon excited. Totally. After one date. So, yeah. So, who knows? The question of the day, it was like, he was like, when can I see you? And I was like, well, I have a friend's show on Tuesday night. I have an extra ticket. And he was like, probably not my vibe. And I was like, cool, cool. Oh, boo. I asked him. I was like, if you don't want to come, you don't have to come. And then he like never followed up so then yesterday i was like uh wednesday or thursday and he was like let's do thursday but i'm like not gonna fresh i think you should slow down 
your pursuit of this guy and let him i feel like i have i like yeah i I don't i think you've made it it sounds like you've made it clear that you want to hang out with him again Mm -hmm. and you've made some efforts Mm -hmm. and now we need to see yeah the ball is definitely in his court i'm kind of stuck on the fact that it's like when you're dating someone early on like you got to be curious like go to the fucking like i would go to like a like a monster truck show even though i would (laughs) never ever do that because it's like you got to be curious about people an an amazing sign that he's not willing to like do something slightly out of his comfort zone just to spend some time unless he's like insecure maybe he's like like doesn't think of himself as like an artsy person and has some like tenderness and insecurity about it. But also I think I'm like, try the new thing, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is the time people get out of their comfort zone. Correct. TBD. Uh, We have a great uh, week lined up for you. Morgan Epster tomorrow on Wednesday for going deeper. And we will be continuing to talk, I'm sure, about uh, the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial, selling sunsets, uh, whatever. This man. Gossip. (laughs) All the men. You know, uh, you won't want to miss that. Uh, Also, we're going to try something. This is like something that we're going to do if you're listening now on Monday morning. We want to, uh, we're, we're going to try this new segment. We're going to call it uh, Texting Office Hours. And we want to potentially premiere it on Wednesday and going deeper. And so how it's going to work right now, if you're listening to the show and you are currently in the middle of a text conversation with somebody uh, that you, well, I guess it doesn't really matter the context. Anything. You just Anything. like need help drafting a text. Like you're Allie who just got a text from a guy who's like, yeah, not really my vibe. And you're like, how do I respond, respond. to that? Yeah. You could be trying to I've call out friends a friend. I've had friends text my mom for me. Like everyone yeah. needs help. Yeah. So uh, if you if that's you right now, as you're listening, stop what you're doing. I don't give a shit about the meeting you have to go into. Uh, get off the treadmill. Get off the treadmill. <laughs> Email us at asknickacastme.com. Shanti is standing by. Our producer. I feel like we're and, in one of those like live calls. And uh, like literally, if you're listening to this now, we want to talk to you immediately. We will probably do this somewhere around 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern ish, give or take. And so email us, and then we'll want it, you'll know, want you to screenshot some of your texts, and we'll help you draft this text message. We'll want some context, and uh, me and Amanda and uh, Allie. Nick is very good at this. He made me send some bold texts. So we'll see how that goes. It doesn't require your boyfriend to. You know, no. You know. Stop on by. And he's got a great show for you. Uh, let's get to our call. What's your time with Nick? Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Hi, my name is Ella. I'm 28 years old. Hi, Ella. How can I help? So I am reaching out about my mother-in-law. I'm having a really hard time with her. I'm struggling because she is extremely manipulative. You know, I don't want to throw that word around, but after eight years of dealing with her, I think I can probably get away with it. She likes to pit my husband and his siblings against one another. I'm now thrown into, the, thrown into the mix more than I was before. She'll, for instance, recently, um, she got annoyed at my husband for not texting his brother back in short enough a time. She called him an asshole, told him he was awful. Whenever so wait, your to mother-in-law his- told her son that she was, he was an asshole for not texting her brother back. Yep. She really likes to be in control of all, all of our relationships, so. My husband's relationships with the siblings, my well, relationship. Yeah, that's more than emotional. Uh, that's yeah. more than manipulative. That's oh. Yeah, pretty that's, abusive. The yeah. issue I have is that she had a really abusive childhood that she uses as an excuse for her bad behavior. And I'm trying to figure out how I can have compassion. 
for this woman without letting her use that as her get out of jail free card. So we wanted to work out. How how does your husband feel about this? Where does he stand on all this? He doesn't know how to deal with her. We're in couples therapy. He doesn't want to go no contact. He wants to be low contact. The problem is that but he at least acknowledge, he enough, does acknowledge what she's oh, doing yeah. is wrong. It's not like you have he to does. convince him that what she's doing is absolutely. Not okay. We're completely on the same page. We're united front. Right. I'm worried about the two of us having, you know, kids in the next few years, which we want to do because she likes to control everything she sends. Yeah gifts all the time if we're frustrated with her and she always brings up her tragic childhood to explain why she behaved the way she did but it's just constant so i'm trying to figure out how to set boundaries with someone who always plays the victim and doesn't want to take even gentle feedback well when things go wrong yeah i mean like my response is she's not a child anymore and she might be a victim uh, of her own Mm -hmm. from something well from when she was a child it doesn't give people a green light or a free pass or excuse to perpetuate that type of abuse onto others. I mean, we always hear how child molesters are often victims of child molestation themselves, right? Right. That is not an excuse. Mm -hmm. Like they don't, we, we don't have sympathy for those people and rightfully so when they victimize other people, right? Now I'm giving a very extreme comparison. So as this adult person, your mother-in-law, if she can recognize that she was a victim, then she also is capable of getting the help that she might need and recognizing that it's not okay to act the way she does. Her acknowledging that she was a victim herself is also a recognition that she must on some level recognize what she is doing because she's trying to make excuse for it, right? Mm -hmm. And, so, yeah. And you saying to her, like, you know, you kind of opened up this call by saying like, well, I feel like it's okay for me to say my mother-in-law is a, a manipulative. Well, mm-hmm. point is whether eight years or two days, you have the right to feel like she's being manipulative. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be an expert yeah. to say, I feel like you're being manipulative to me. Right. Right. And then in a healthy, mature relationship, a person who like cared that, that they made you feel mm-hmm. that way would say, Oh, I, I'm sorry I did that. I made you feel that way. Can we, and then say some version of, can we have a conversation on why you felt the way you did? And maybe we can get on the same page and maybe I can understand and empathize and change my behavior in the future. Like that's how mature people handle these types of conflict who are healthy and good communicators. And if she's not handling that way and then making excuses Mm -hmm. for not handling the way that's on some level, she's acknowledging it. Right. Right. And again, like I'm right. not a therapist. So like that is my non-expert mm-hmm. like uh, oh, yeah. point of view on this situation. And regardless of the fact that she's your mother-in-law or family, like you are now identifying that you and your husband don't feel a safe around her. And by safe, mm-hmm. I mean like you don't like being told you're an asshole or, or talk to that way, even if it's your mother or your sibling or your friend or for quite frankly, your spouse. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you have to sometimes set some very difficult boundaries. Like you said, your husband doesn't want to completely cut her off and he wants to like, you know, and so maybe it's that it's saying, Hey, mother-in-law, like once again, calmly, I don't appreciate you speaking that way. You have the right to feel that you do. If you disagree with me not responding to so-and-so, like you are entitled to that feeling. And if you want to express that, like our demands 
our expectation is that you speak to us in a much healthier way. I don't like being told that way. If you can't do that, then I'm going to have, we're just going to have to distance ourselves. And if that means like yeah. sending a Christmas card and, right. and not like hanging out in person and, and not, and, and removing yourselves from all family group chats and not engaging in any conversations that start with mom said, you know, mm-hmm. or mom's opinion includes, right? And if, right. and if your husband wants to communicate with his brother, that there's also uh, an expectation saying like, if I'm, I want to talk with you because you're my brother and I love you and I want to like, we can fight, but I want to be on the same page. But our conversations have to do between like, we're two adult men. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about our feelings. Let's not introduce right. like other people's opinions. Like he doesn't bring in like my wife agrees with me and he doesn't bring in like my, his brother doesn't say, well, mom agrees with me. Where does that get anyone? Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. it's like, let's talk about our differences and try to get on the same page. You know, right. like people all the time, uh, try to like talk about their allies in a disagreement. Well, you know what? No one believes you, you know, or like so-and-so doesn't mm-hmm. agree with you. You know how people think, you know how crazy you sound, you know, people, when people say like that, like that is weaponizing, right. like, you know, your peers to like get the other person to feel stupid. And, and couples do that all the time to one another, siblings, parents, you know, your, your mother-in-law. You know, unfortunately, the the solution is something. It, there's there's no good situation here. There's no answer yeah. right now that you're gonna like because it requires uh, you pushing your mother-in-law and him pushing his mother away a little bit, and that makes anyone mm-hmm. sad. You know exactly. Curology changing the game with uh, custom skincare. Gotta love it. Uh, our skin's made differently. All of us, uh, we have all different types of needs when it comes to our skincare game. Uh, I myself, uh, I'm a low maintenance individual when it comes to my uh, skin. I just need a little lather on some moisturizer. Anyway, Kiyaji really makes it easy to feel like you're customizing your skincare routine. But you don't feel like overwhelmed. Like, do you know how hard it is to find like a good dermatologist? And they're always running late. Curology is game-changing custom skincare made for you by a term- dermatology provider. They'll create a custom prescription cream for your specific goals, whether that's tackling acne, clogging pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else. You can start by taking short online quiz, skincare quiz, and uploading photos. And if it's a good fit, they'll ship you your formula right to your door. And it even has your name on the bottle. So... You don't have to wait in line at a dermatologist's office to get a custom routine. It's a quick online skincare quiz. Took me a few minutes, and uh, they gave me uh, a whole, a whole routine. Love that. And look at me. Look at you, freaking vampire Glowing. over there. Gorgeous. So you can get started uh, with Curology as well, just uh, like I did, uh, and with a free 30-day trial at curology.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Just pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash V-I-A-L-L to start your free 30-day trial. Cancel anytime. Prescription subject to consultation. Another issue, because when we do set boundaries, she ends up sending us gifts, like ridiculous gifts, just on a frequent basis, almost every week. She yeah. sent me jewelry. She sent him stuff. And we're like, we, we're trying to set these boundaries. What do we do with these? We have a whole gift drawer. And it feels like just, you know, manipulation. Maybe gifts are her love language, right? Maybe that's like mm-hmm. her way of saying, that's how she's trying to show love, right? So you could still accept yeah. the gift. You could still say thank you for right. the gift. But you have to some way, you know, you don't say thank you, but you can just say thank you. Mm-hmm. 
And then later on, and I've learned this in my relationship in adulthood, like I've learned this through par- mm-hmm. uh, therapy, like I don't always immediately have to voice how I feel about a situation. I can acknowledge my partner's frustration about a situation. I can apologize mm-hmm. and I can like let it sit. And then like a couple weeks later say, hey, you know, when we were talking about this after it's died down and tensions are high, can we just revisit that? Because there was a part that I, I was like, can we just change this on your end? You know, like whatever behavior, yeah. but I'm not doing it in the moment where we're heated and she's in like, and, and if my girlfriend's saying, well, it upset me when you did this in the past. And I think what a lot of people do, they like to say, I'm sorry, but you did this. Mm-hmm. Right. And you say it right. like, and either you say it in the same sentence or you say it in back to back sentences. And if you're the person on the other end, all they hear is, but you did this. They don't even hear your right. apology. And if they do hear your apology, it doesn't even feel sincere. It feels dismissive. Right. So you can say thanks to the, for the gifts and then mm-hmm. say on a separate like message or whatever, still reinforce the boundary saying, well, that was a nice gift and thank you, but it doesn't change how we feel about this situation. Before we right. bring you and volume in and before we hang out with you more, we need to know that you're willing to respect this boundary. And if we do let you back in, and I don't say it like, obviously like this, you know, like, but if you disrespect that boundary, we will once again have to reinforce it. You know, right. and the amount of gifts is going to change that. Thank you for the gift. But it doesn't mm-hmm. change, you know, that that's not how it doesn't make it okay. It's not an apology. Yeah, it's right. not, it's not an excuse. It's just a gift. It's a gift that shows like that you love us. And I believe that you love us. You know, that's a thing sometimes too. I think sometimes we have to still let the people we love and who we know love us, who hurt us. And even when they hurt us, I think sometimes it's okay to let them know that we still believe that they love us. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we don't get to like enforce a boundary. And it doesn't mean we don't get to say, that's not okay to treat us that way. And I know you love mm-hmm. me, but your love for me is not an excuse and doesn't like, again, give you the free pass to talk and treat to me any way you want. And I think right. trying to like separate those two or, or, you know, is maybe helpful. Yeah. I mean, like if the that way you're describing That's your mother-in-law, yeah, it's like she needs to do the work. And unfortunately you're stuck with a really bad choice, which is either put up with this, essentially what sounds like some form of emotional abuse. Again, not an mm-hmm. expert. Uh, so maybe it's not. But it's something that you yeah. don't want to deal with. So you are forced mm-hmm. to deal with something you don't want to deal with or distance yourself from family. And that sucks. Both are terrible choices. Yeah. But one is healthier exactly. than the other. And I think you have mm-hmm. to choose being healthy over anything else. Yeah, thank opinion. you. I think it's really helpful to see that it's not black and white. Because to me, you know, I hear about her childhood and I think, no, no wonder she's acting like this. I feel terrible for her. But then like you said, it's not an excuse for the behavior. And that's where I struggle because she uses it as her. People often confuse, and it's really frustrating in this world. People confuse having empathy with someone with Mm -hmm. agreeing with them or validating their choices. You can have empathy for someone and still not validate and approve of their choices and actions. Yeah. Thank you. That's helpful because that's what I've been struggling with the most really, you know, figuring out my own feelings about 
having compassion and empathy, but not accepting yeah. what I consider and I know, think ridiculous you, out of line behavior. Yeah. And I think you having empathy for her will make you feel like better about for enforcing those boundaries because you're not feeling cold. You're like, no, I do empathize and I'm so sorry this happened to you and I'm so sorry you had to deal with this. And it's all the more reason why it's important for me, unfortunately, to set this boundary because I don't want that type of behavior to affect my husband or if your husband's saying this to his mother-in-law to affect me and our future kids. And so please, please deal with this. Please, if you can recognize that you uh, had this abuse, please do the work. Please go get therapy. We're in therapy. Like, you know, like, please go do it because we want you to be a part of our lives and we want you to stop treating us this way. So please, I beg of you because I know you have been hurt and I'm so sorry you've been hurt and my heart goes out to you and we want to give you love, but like not at the expense of you treating us this way. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate your giving me examples of how to phrase things because in the moment I either feel like you said really angry or yeah, it's hard. You know, almost too accepting of what she's trying to throw at us. So that's tough. Really I mean, that. she clearly, it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like she has been through her primary, her own abuse that she received, have learned the skills of like weaponizing her behavior to manipulate and make people feel bad for setting boundaries. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, like talk to your therapist about this. I'm sure they can give you much more helpful tools about how to like enforce these boundaries and, and look for signs of, of like, and help you diagnose whether this is abuse or, or, or things like that. But either way, oh, if yeah. you're feeling a certain way, I, I personally think you should choose like feeling healthy and happy over anything, even mm-hmm. if that includes family. Right. I hear you. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Well, best of luck. I'm sorry you're dealing with this. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. Oh, appreciate it. All right, Thanks again. Care. Nice meeting you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. How's it going? Good. Uh, Daniel, I'm 25. Hey, Daniel, how can I help? I'm mostly just calling about like dating advice. I've been single for five years now and I'm kind of having some anxieties about it. Mostly just I feel like I'm missing out on like things I should be learning in relationships that I feel like some friends of mine are. Um, so yeah, I guess a bit of background on me. I, I uh, went to college in the Northeast. I moved to California, uh, Orange County area for a couple of years after college. And I moved to New York in September of last year. So I've been here for uh, like eight months now. I've been dating a lot. I've been on a hinge since college. I just feel like I haven't really found uh, the right person. And I feel like uh, it's getting to the point right now where I feel like I should reassess my like parameters, I guess, or like things I'm looking for in your, people. Your picker, so to speak, like how you're going about <laughs> like who you invest in, you mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been super picky and I feel like that's not gonna... I don't know. I guess I'm kind of lonely now and I feel like I should think twice about that now that I'm getting older and I feel like it's, it kind of behooves me to try to find something more long-term, especially with the job I have. It's pretty time consuming. What kind of job do you have? Uh, I work in real estate um, and real estate private equity. So it's kind of a big, I did that in California, but I, um, it's been like a big step up in hours for me here. So, Okay. Uh, you, you mentioned like, you feel like you're not learning some of the skills or like, I guess, sharpening that toolkit or like, uh, cause you're not in a relationship that you see some of your friends and peers are, what are some of those things that you think you're missing out on? Um, just like how to like compromise with people and, um, like work through problems and stuff. I feel like I, you know, my, my own relationship was in college for six months and she broke up with me. So I feel like, I don't know, most people at this point have been in relationships for at least a year. 
And uh, I just don't know. I, I, I feel like I don't want to be able to learn everything, like, super late in life, I guess, as far as dating. Like, I don't want to be, like, 27, trying to figure out how to, like, you know, sustain a relationship past a year, like, what kind of things I should be trying to work work on, I guess. Okay. And right now, are you, and, and so when you say, like, you're out there dating, right? You've been on the apps and like, I'm like, and so you're meeting women and like, whether yeah. maybe you're not super interested in them or vice versa, you just haven't, you haven't found someone that you mutually want to invest in each other to get to know. And right. Cause it's not like, you don't strike me as someone who's having a hard time, like getting people to go on <laughs> dates with, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I've been on a lot of dates. Okay. Um, it just feels like, uh, you know, I've had a couple of girls in New York where I really wanted to invest more and for whatever reason, and no one really gives a reason usually. It's hard. I, I don't... You know, yeah, it's it's hard. It's, it's hard. Uh, I guess uh, my, my response to you is I, I really empathize with you. Like, you remind me of me when I was your age. Uh, when I turned 25, I, I had like a quarter life crisis, um, and I felt old and I felt behind my ambitions and dreams and expectations I had for myself. Keep in mind, those were expectations and dreams I set for myself when I was like a teenager, which, you know, I don't think when you're 25, I say this a lot, but I don't think you realize that right now you're currently trying to live up to expectations you had set for yourself when you were 18, 19 or 20. Oh yeah, I'm very aware of that. You know, and so that, that's kind of like, wow, that's nuts. Maybe I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but yet it's still something that internally we still do. Like whether it's our ego doing that or our 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 insecurities, or you know, then those are usually combined. But my response to you is like, one, it's okay to feel the way you're doing. Most importantly, it's not as severe as you as it feels. Right. Like you said, well, I don't want to be 27 and blah, 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 blah. There's a good chance you are going to be 27 and dealing with that. And that's also okay. You're much younger. And I, I apologize for the condescension. You're much younger than you realize. And in, in, embrace it. You're also like more than capable of learning how to speak with people. Right. And, and deal with conflict. Right. Cause all, all a relationship is, is communication and like you're talking about conflict, right? So like you don't need to have a girlfriend to focus on listening when you're in a disagreement with someone and letting them speak and hearing them out and not waiting to respond, right? And let someone feel like they're heard before you choose to respond to them with the things that you're frustrated with them, right? Uh, you can learn those skills, you know? And there's a lot of people in relationship not learning shit. They're just arguing with their partner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like being in a relationship does not guarantee you're learning how to be a good partner. Like not at all, right? It, it, it can happen, but it has to do with the individual prioritizing what they want to make out of any situation. So someone in a relationship, if they are, con in fact, most people don't work on themselves in a relationship. Like, you know what I'm saying? Once you have the thing that you want, a lot of people have this mindset, well, like I have what I want. I don't need to work on it, right? So when they deal, when they have conflict, they're not thinking about how I can be a better communicator and am I doing this right? They're thinking about winning the fight. They're thinking about being heard or being seen or being right, right? So, so many people in relationships are not developing the skill set. Yeah, they're, they're experiencing these situations, 
right? But like, think about this, like you can go to the gym every day and you can work out for five hours. And if you don't have anyone who's ever taken the time or a coach and to like show you how to like lift weights, there's a million different ways you can like lift out, lift weights and work out incorrectly. You can have bad posture, like you can do squats, right? And have an arch in your back and lift with your back even though you're supposed to focus all of your energy on your legs, right? You can, you know, and so you could work out every day and be doing it completely wrong and not fully working the muscle groups you're intended to and honestly not getting the like impact, but you, you're at the gym, you're there, yeah. you're in it every day. You're like, I go to the gym five hours every day. You do this for an entire year. And then all of a sudden, after a year of going to the gym for five hours every day, you finally sit down with someone who's like an expert in technique and weightlifting and as a trainer, and they look at you and go, what are you doing? You're doing it all wrong. You're like, I don't know, but I've been at the gym every day, so I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? And the way you're, you're talking to me is if going to the gym every day and just being there and lifting is going to get you the experience that you require. And I'm just trying to say this to you. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself. You know, I don't think you're wrong for being picky, right? Now you have to ask yourself, like, all right, I'm questioning like how I'm selecting the people I'm going on dates with, right? So like that's, that's, that's always good to do. So what right now, the women you're saying yes to, describe them for me. And like if you're in the most honest way, what is, what's drawing you to say yes to a first date? Uh, I mean, I guess my type is like white girls. Um, I'm half Asian. I, I can't really explain why that is. Um, I, I guess like my, I guess my issue is that I kind of choose people. I'm attracted to people. I don't really have a whole lot in common with, and I've been valuing kind of like physical attraction over conversation and chemistry for a bit. I'm trying to like okay. fix that. That's, that's honest, right? You're not the only one who does that. Listen, everyone, when they, especially when they're meeting on dating apps, you have very little go on, but you do have a picture. So you're going to, you're going to, you're going to critique your physical attraction to them. There's nothing wrong with that. What a lot of people do when I've been guilty of, and it sounds like you might've been guilty of, and women can be guilty of too, is they get excited about the way someone looks. And then they decide that they want to like this person. And then they decide that they hope someone likes them. So instead of actually listening to their answers and paying attention to the compatibility, you, we, we filter out what we don't want to hear and we over-prioritize what we want to hear. You know what I'm saying? So when you go on a date with someone, you can admit to yourself, I'm very physically attracted to this person. Like, acknowledge that to yourself. I'm very physically attracted to this person. Now, that doesn't mean they're perfect. That means I am susceptible of ignoring things that are important to pay attention to. And just you admitting that to yourself, like you don't want to like, you know, be, be mindful not to like, like go on it and be like, I don't believe what you're saying. Or, but like, that it's a, it's, it's, it's a reminder that when someone says something, whether you like or dislike, to ask follow-up questions. Like there, I, apparently, like I haven't seen the study but I believe I, I've heard from someone I trust that like the Harvard Business School, they do all these like studies and they did like dating and relationships. And the number one complaint of people on dates, men and women, is I don't get asked enough of questions. Everyone's saying no one's asking me questions. Right. That's like selfish people accusing other people of being selfish. Like someone's got to start asking questions. Right. So be the person who starts asking more questions. So when they're saying something, well, what did you mean by that? Why did you feel that way? Or especially, you know, when you, when you like when they say something, 
don't be afraid to ask a follow-up question to learn more what they mean. Because people be like, oh, I like that answer. Let's move on. You know? And if you don't like something, be okay with being like, don't assume that you don't like, you know, don't dismiss it and be like, oh, that's not a big deal. Ask more questions. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I've been trying to make a point of doing that in the past couple of years. Um, <laughs> I ask like a lot of, what do you mean? Like, why? Yeah. And I think sometimes I feel like women find it a bit uh, overwhelming when I'm like trying to get so incisive with my like understanding of them on the first date, you know? So I don't think it's a bad thing though. I, I think like, you yeah, get, that's, like yeah. you're, it's well taken usually. I, I think your biggest thing, you have to be okay with, you have to get rid of whatever timeline you have in your head because you have one. Yeah, yeah. You have an arbitrary timeline and deadline you have set for yourself and you need to eliminate that. You're a 25-year-old young man. You're still young. You have a career ambitions. These are all good things to prioritize. There's a good chance that like, your future partner or, or is, is going through the same period in their life. And maybe it's just not time. Right. Like, and I say this as someone who, you know, still has never been married, who's much older than you and absolutely felt the way you feel right now. And I don't know when it's going to happen for you, but I can promise that if you just embrace where you are, wherever it is that you are and you just enjoy it and you can get frustrated at times and you can feel lonely at times, but it still doesn't make it like bad that you're single, right? It still doesn't make it like, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing anything wrong. It's just taking longer than you initially hoped or expected. So like keep having high standards for yourself, right? But just make sure those high standards that you have for yourself go beyond your physical connection with someone. Prioritize compatibility with someone. And when you feel like compatible with someone and you enjoy their time, be willing to invest more in those people. Like, and if you find yourself to be incredibly physically attracted to someone, doesn't mean like you can't date them, but just be willing to ask more questions. And you are going to get a lot of, you're going to go on a lot of dates. And because you are willing to ask these questions, it is going to be intimidating for some people. Some people will feel like you're interviewing them. But all that means is like, maybe they're just not like either A, interested in, is interested in you, or B, they're not like capable at a mature level of, of, of answering questions. Like if they feel intimidated by your questions, oh, he was just interviewing me. Well, that's someone who's like, not like really interested in engaging in a conversation. And usually that means it's just a lack of compatibility. Two people who are excited about each other, it's not going to feel like an interview. It's going to be like, he wanted to get to know me, you know? And, and you wanted to get to know her and it will just fit. So your biggest thing is just being willing to keep swinging. And, and, and not beat yourself up and not be like on your 26th birthday, be like, well, I'm fucking 26 and still don't have a girlfriend. Like, you know? Yeah. I think the, you know, the timeline I've been having in my head is like a good concept to think about trying to like not think about as much. <laughs> yeah. Because that timeline yeah. you have in your head, you were 100% projecting that on your dates. And it's not your questions that making them feel like you're applying a lot of pressure on them. It's this energy of this needs to work out. And trust me, there's a lot of women who come in, who call in, who that same timeline they have and that same energy they're projecting on their dates of like, marry me. And, and guys don't like that either. And, and men do it too to women. Like men have, like, you're a perfect example of a lot of guys out there that want to settle down, who want to get married, who have told themselves they should have, like, they don't want to be single. 
and they come across on dates as like overly anxious and overly concerned about being married, not not as much about finding the right person. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't kind of reprioritize. I think one other thing that's been kind of throwing a monkey wrench and everything is that um, I have like a few different friend groups in the city and like girls from these friend groups that started liking me and for whatever reason things don't work out or like I've liked a girl in one friend group or something and it doesn't work out. I feel like um, I'd pursue more of those if I didn't have the like anxiety that I would be blowing up the friend group if I did more of that, you know? So yeah. I guess like there are people out there. You're an overthinker, uh, obviously. Okay. I relate. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna, that is something to work on. You being overthinking is a trait of yours and it's a good quality and it's a bad quality. Like you overthinking probably helps you in business and you're a critical thinker and you probably are a good problem solver. But when it comes to your personal life, like you're probably like just overthinking some shit that maybe you just need to do, right? Like the friend group would be fine. Be respectful, be inquisitive, be polite, be a gentleman. Things might not work out. Set up front expectations. Like if you go on a date with someone who's part of a friend group, acknowledge the fact that there is a friend group. Do we agree to pursue this thing knowing that it might not work out. Yeah. And if she's like, yeah, I think it's worth a shot. Be like, okay. And like, if it doesn't work out because it, it might not work out because we don't know. Do we promise each other to try to like be polite and respectful of one another if it doesn't work out? And then granted, things are going to evolve and change, but at least it's good to like have that conversation. And that's all you can do, right? Like there's always going to be a reason not to pursue something like things are going to get complicated. You can't avoid all potential problems in any type of relationship or situation. So you're just going to have to decide which ones are worth it because you can't guarantee like you're, you're it's so relatable right now to so many people. Like I was like this even, you know, before I like me and my girlfriend decided to be boyfriend and girlfriend, it was like, I want to, before I commit to this thing, I want to have, I want to, I want to be able to like convince myself that it has like, this has like a 95% chance of working out, you know, cause otherwise <laughs> yeah, why should I, I do this? Like you're not actually saying a number, but you're like, you're telling yourself that you gotta, you gotta try to stop, stop doing that. And when you catch yourself, be like, all right, stop. You know, like, do I like this person? Do they seem nice? Does it seem like it has potential? If so, give it a shot, yeah. you know? Okay. Friend groups change. Friend, you don't. You have no idea as a twenty-five-year-old man if these friend groups you're a part of will still even exist two years from now. And I'm sure you'll stay in touch with all of them on some level. But the at twenty-five, you have friend groups and you hang out and you do things together and you spend a ton of time together because that's the stage of your life that you're in. But eventually, you will settle down, right? Whether it's with these people or part of the friend group or someone else. And everyone will start having kids and get married and, and move. And you'll just keep in touch through like Christmas cards and like, you know, a text conversation or fantasy football leagues and things like that. Because like, those will be the things you're like, let's all get to a fantasy football league. Cause we're so busy with each other's lives. That's our one excuse to get together, you know? And that's how, and it won't be like, Hey man, it's Thursday. Are we going out tonight? You, it, it's just going to change. So yeah. You're you're like worrying about ruining a friend group that you don't even know the dynamic of this friend group, what that's gonna look like two or three or five years from now. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's where like you're overthinking is you're you're trying to hedge all your bets and you you can't. You have you're gonna you have to assume some risk of it not working out. And if it doesn't work out, it will be sad and slightly messy 
and and difficult but like that's going to be it's going to be all those things with regardless of who you date and it doesn't work out and if you don't have an existing friend group you will meet their friends and then she will become friends with your friends and vice versa you know what i'm saying like my ex-girlfriend from 10 years ago is still best friends with my best friend's wife who i consider a good friend i don't communicate with her i don't like associate with myself with her but like we just remain friends you know what i'm saying i haven't seen her and set like I saw her at a funeral. My best friend's dad died and I saw her and her husband and her kids at a funeral. And I was like, hi, how are you? You know what I'm saying? It was fine. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of girls in the city like <clears throat> have a policy of if you guys break up and like all of her friends are no longer your friends. I've had that happen to me before. I know. So, I mean, and I honestly, the older you get, the less it will matter. But like this happened yeah. to you in college and it was probably traumatic and it felt more impactful. It's not going to be as big of a deal as you like. Okay. I still, and, and honestly, that it really... You survived that and that friend group yeah. evolved and you're okay now. I understand it was probably, it felt traumatic in the moment, but like, don't let that stop you from like pursuing people you're interested in. Yeah, you're right. I think I need to get rid of that timeline in my head. And be a bit That's your biggest thing. 100%. It's, it's affecting yeah. your decisions and your picker more than you realize. I mean, I just feel like a lot of friends are getting engaged right now and I've like, it's kind of been like a wave of it. I, I don't oh, mean to sound like a condescending dick, but like half of those friends will be divorced in five to 10 years. <laughs> it's just like, statistics. Well, I mean, you're probably right. <laughs> they will be, I, I don't even know them. Yeah. And like, that's unfortunate, but like, it just, it's just, it's a statistical fact. And if, and if not yeah. call us up and, and I'd love to interview all those people so they can tell <laughs> how like they have a hundred percent of success rate in this group of friends who all got married in their mid twenties. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, you have unique experience on that. I just don't, I just don't know. But, yeah. You are doing things that your friends who are married aren't doing. And those, and you're going to be doing things that they will eventually be envious of too. So grass is always greener and like learn to appreciate the exciting things that you're doing and then your ability to focus on your career and create a life for yourself or whoever it is in the future that you can like share a very exciting life that you've cultivated while you were single and alone. And you can prioritize yourself. That's a great idea. I've been listening to you for three years as well. So I feel like well, I, I appreciate stuff. it. Man. It really means a lot. Like we, we need more guys calling you in like this, but there's a lot of things in my life that I wouldn't be doing today. And I wouldn't be sitting here if I ended up getting married to my first or second or third girlfriend. And I thought I was going to get married to all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard not to, right? Yeah. So yeah. You want to find love. It's tough, but like, just, just accept the place that you're in right now and learn to appreciate those things. You know, like you're doing things for yourself. And then like, don't let that stop you from marrying someone if you love them. But if it doesn't work out, let that like uh, get, you need to get good at just accepting things. That's something I had a hard time doing. I had a hard time accepting how things worked out because I felt like I could change how things go because it's like, if I just worked harder or do something different, I can change the outcome. And I had to let my ego not stop me from convincing like, you know what, maybe even though this isn't my choice, I will learn to accept this and it's probably right for me. And then I'm going to focus on what this situation is giving me, not what it's taking from me. Yeah, it's a great mindset. So it's tough, man, but you're, I think you're going to be fine. <laughs> Thanks. That means a lot. All right. You're a good looking guy. You seem well-intentioned and uh, just try to, try to enjoy the space you're in. It's one, one of my biggest regrets. And I, I, I missed out on a lot of cool relationships with people because I was too focused on meeting expectations I set for myself and setting goals and whatever. And I stopped just like enjoying what I was doing. 
And there's a lot of things that I wish I would have enjoyed more when I was in the place that you are in your life. Like what specifically do you think about? Anything, anything. Sure. Moments okay. with friends, like the coworker, just anything. You're doing things that you're probably, my guess is spending time wishing you were other places or with other people. Just like learn to just take a moment and say, this is pretty cool. I couldn't be doing this one. Anything you're doing as a single person is something you can't do in a relationship. Asking for permission yeah. to go somewhere, you know, like checking in. Mm -hmm. Shit gets annoying sometimes. You move in and you're in love. Okay. It's good to know. Thanks, Going on a dating app. Like it's fucking fun sometimes <laughs> just to like do things for yourself. I mean, I've been on dating apps for so long. It yeah. feels like kind of routine. I know. But, but yeah. anything you can't do, you eventually miss. Sure. California for me now. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, Thanks, best so. of luck, appreciate man. It. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, take care. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your name? <laughs> I'm Savannah. I'm 32. Hi, Savannah. How can I help? Okay. So I'm stuck in a little bit of a situation. I've been engaged for six years. Okay. Uh, I have a five-year-old, almost five-year-old, and a six-month-old. So with, if you do the math, with the person you're engaged to, yes. Okay. So if you do the math, the uh, the ring came shortly after the positive pregnancy test. Uh, so the partner and I, I call him my partner now because it's like, how long can you really call someone your fiance? It's been so long. Um, we were off and on for like two years and then we decided, okay, we're going to make this work. So we moved to a new city. We both got new jobs. We are doing great. And I get pregnant three months later and it's, it was shock to everybody. And we sit down and we go, okay, we're going to make this work. We're going to stay together and we're going to have a son. So we do, it's great. But then you know, pandemic hits, adulting hits. We are doing all of the things that go with having a baby. And uh, we move a couple times and both get new jobs. Uh, and then we get pregnant again. So now I have a, a six month old. And so lately, here's my problem. He's been pushing to get a courthouse marriage uh, to help with taxes, insurance, that type of thing. He worked for a couple companies that uh, went public. So he's getting quite a few kind of big chunks of money and it helps when you're married to somebody. And so like, none of this includes like love. <laughs> of course it does. Like, uh, well, you but, said he wants Like, I don't like a courthouse. I have no opinion on a courthouse marriage. Like I, I see the value in a courthouse marriage, but like, that's just me because I'm just not big on like, if, if I get married and have like a, a, a fancy wedding, it won't be because it's like, I'm dying to have it, but like, I'm happy to have it. Like, it's not me and that's fine. But like, yeah. if I want to get married, it's for love, not necessarily taxes, but that's the first thing right. you said. But how is that how you feel, how he feels? Well, right now at this current time, we're just not at our happy, most lovey dovey. I mean, yeah. we want to buy a house. Um, we're taking care of infants and babies and we've got schedules and I mean, we're not, very intentional about like being in a relationship or having intimate time together. He's a lot more traditional than I am. I, I, I don't know if it's that like the money type of situation, if he feels uncomfortable that we're not married and like my son's getting old enough, he's five now where if like, he's asking about it. Um, like even he went to a, like an offsite recently and he like bought a fake engagement ring or a, 
fake wedding ring because he's like so concerned with like. So why? Just out of curiosity, why aren't you guys married? We've just never done it. Like, and it's not like a he doesn't like. It's not like so. It's not like you want to any more than he does. You just haven't. He wants to. He wants a you don't. courthouse marriage. No, you don't I want to. I want like a wedding. I want like to be in a better place in a relationship. Okay. And but you I mean, do want to get married. Person, to him. Yes, he's a person I want to be with. I mean, right. he's the father of my kids. We're very much in love. We just, I mean, so you want to wait like, till you're happier. Yeah, and have a wedding. Like I want. Well, those are two different things. Those are two and different my things. My family. So you're 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 combining them when you're talking to me, and they're two different things. So if I'm hearing you right, you have two different things that you want when for getting married. You want a ceremony, okay? It's valid. You have the right to want that, and you want to feel like you're in a happier place with your relationship. If I'm hearing you right, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Well, the ceremony is something you can, you guys can agree to do, right? That is an option. It's at any point if you get married. You guys can determine what is the appropriate size and how much you want to spend and how large and how many guests and how big of a deal you want to make out of it. That's something every couple has to agree on, right? That's, mm-hmm. it can be challenging, but that's, you can do it. The happy part, well, like, again, there's things you guys can do. Like you said, we're not very intentional right now with our dating. We have like distractions and kids and, you know, and that so- honestly sounds like a relationship. It sounds like a marriage with kids and jobs, <laughs> yeah. right? Like people who are listening who are married will be like, yeah, so sounds like marriage. So a couple of things. One, you either have to decide to change that, make, be intentional, prioritize, stop making excuses for why you're not making each other a priority. Stop making excuses for why you're not making each other's feelings a priority. Stop making excuses for why you're not going out of your way to make the other individual feel loved, both of you, right? But like, you may not, you also have to ask yourself, am I being realistic for how I want to feel for when I get married at this point, given the relationship I have chosen to be in? You've cho- you, you guys got pregnant fine, but then you chose to like cohabitate and then you chose to have a second kid and you've chose to play house and play marriage without being marriage. You were part of that choice. And with that, comes the stresses and, com- and complications and the unsexy side of being married and the challenges that come with it that can kind of take the romance out of a relationship if you don't put forth the effort. Yeah. So, and you have to ask yourself, what is realistic given our current challenges? Because like some things might be out of your control. Like how long are you willing to wait to be as happy as you want to be? Because that might be a goalpost you never meet because you're talking about a feeling and you have to like, is it both your feelings? What if you feel happy, but he's like, I'm not there yet. It's so subjective, you know? And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, maybe that one day isn't the end all be all. It's just a wedding. The marriage is what's more important. People often prioritize the wedding over the marriage. I think that's nuts, but like so many people do. The wedding is a day. The marriage is hopefully a lifetime. And if, and as you know, being in this relationship, whether you, whether you're married or he has a fake ring or legal ring or whatever the fuck, you know, like this shit takes work, you know, and it's going to always take you guys prioritizing each other and setting aside a time for each other 
and yourselves and the relationships, even at the expense of like, you know, telling, getting a babysitter for the kids or whatever, like any marriage or any relationship, I don't call it if you have a marriage, you have kids, you have to prioritize each other. You have to set around side time to be intentional about how you guys make each other feel. And if neither of you are willing to do it, or one of you aren't willing to do it, then both of you won't feel that way. And You're right. a and wedding I feel like day we're is not going to doing the work. Yeah. So go ahead. I feel like we're like, do, we're in the heart of like doing the work. Like it's a lot going on and everything like that. And it is just kind of a formality. He's been pushing this courthouse thing. And I've been like, no, I want to dress. I want okay. to feel special, what but maybe that's that? just not, he said, we'll, we'll do it one day. We'll no. do it one day. No. Well, you say, listen, I want this. I'm not, I'm willing to be reasonable. I don't need a whole fucking thing, but I want the people I love the most, whatever that is, the handful of people, siblings, closest friends, parents, if they're still around, I don't know who those closest core people are. You have a right to include them. You have a right to be able to wear a dress and spend a little bit of money and be a little bit reasonable, right? Both of you, you're, you this is something you should be able to compromise on. That's all mm-hmm. this is. This is a, another compromise. Like someday is not a compromise. Some way, someday is a deflect. So that's not fair for him to deflect. And you have the right to say, that's not fair. I like, let's get married. We've been doing this. Like, and if you're not ready to get married right now because of how you feel about how things are, then you guys, have you openly discussed that? Have you guys said that to one another? That like right now we're not doing a good job of, I don't feel the way I want to feel to get married to you. Have you said that to him? No. Well, you should. In a way that doesn't come across like it's all his fault. You say, I love you. And I know we both play our role, but I would like to feel a little bit happier getting married. Now, before you do, ask yourself if what you can, what role you're playing in that. And you lead with that. You lead with like what you would like to, like what you would like to try more for yourself. And you see if he's willing to, if A, he doesn't feel the same way. And will it, does he respond with things he would like to work on? I wouldn't definitely start the conversation by saying, I'm not happy, do things different. Because you can acknowledge it's like, you know, there's probably things you could do. There but definitely is. He has, mean, has the right to know. Like why, if he doesn't know that you're not, your state of mind is not where you want to be to get married, it's not, how, what, how does he fix that? You're right. It's it's not about the wedding. It's about the marriage. And we've been doing the marriage nitty gritty stuff for six years. And so I'm still holding on to this like that doesn't fairy tale. Des- we're in love, yeah, married, but it, but making it, out, you know. But like, you can have all that. And, and just because I say you should prioritize a marriage over the wedding doesn't mean you don't deserve to like have a special day. Yeah. Right? And that's my point. I mean, he's very much like pragmatic, like taxes, like we'll get 20% more money if this happens. And sure. And like, and that's fine. There, there are unsexy practical conversations that husband and wives have with each other or partners who are cohabitating. Like at this point, I think legally you're just like considered like a domestic, We're domestic partners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like whatever, and you have kids together. So even if you like broke up, there would be fucking finance. Like you guys are forever connected. Mm-hmm. And there's unsexy conversations that have to happen, but that doesn't mean you still can't have conversations that bring romance into the relationship that make you feel special and like make you feel like there's love there. And that might mean a wedding of some kind. And you do have the right to want that and feel that right. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's called a compromise. You say what you want. And then he has the right to say, 
well, I mean, that's a lot of money. Is it really worth like spending X, Y, and Z on this where we can invest into our kids this or this, or maybe we can take a trip? I don't know. Everyone has a decision. Like I have certain things where it's just like, that's ridiculous. Like I'm not spending that, you know? It's just not. Like if you want that, go nuts. But like, I don't, you know? Everyone has yeah. like, and you have things where you're just like, I don't see that. Like, you know? If he drove home with like a sports car, I don't know what your interest in cars are, but let's say there's zero interest in cars uh, other than getting around. And he went and spent the money on that. Like you might have an opinion about that. (laughs) I would. You know? And so, you know, those are conversations that you have to have in relationships, but it doesn't mean you don't have the right to treat yourselves and treat each other and make each other feel special. Yeah. And I feel like that's the problem more than the courthouse wedding situation is that we're just not finding the time to make each other feel great. And so when it's like, let's run to the courthouse to get married. I'm like, okay. Like, so I think the conversation is something like this one, babe, I'd like to tell you how I feel lately. I love you by the way. And there's things I'd like us to work on. And I'm thinking about things that I'd like to work on myself. And I'm curious how you feel about what I just said. Hopefully he says, I'd like, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I feel a little bit too. I'd like to work on this too. Thank you for saying that. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe you guys go to couples therapy to help you like have some of these productive conversations. And then two, you say, when we do get married, because I want to, I'm asking you to like, I, I would like a day. I don't want to get married in a courthouse. I don't need a big thing, but I'd like for us to compromise on doing it sooner than later when we're happy, not putting it off. We've have a chunk of money that you've been like, great. And like, I want this please. I'm asking this. Do this for me, please. It would mean a lot. See what he says. Okay. Is is this helpful? No, it it was totally helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good insight. I thought you were going to say all of those things. I can see you not wanting a really big wedding. Uh, I'm fine with it. But like, if, if I'm willing to have a bigger (laughs) wedding than I want for, for the Natalie, yeah. For the person I get married to. Within reason. It's like, but also like, I, I also feel like she's a reasonable person. Like we're on the same page, but like we might have. And I don't want some yeah. huge shindig. Exactly. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but. Um, but you might want ben, more than him. I do. And that's I do. okay. I, I don't want a yeah. courthouse. It doesn't make him an asshole and it doesn't make <laughs> you a gold digger. You know what I'm saying? Like you just have to compromise. That's all. You're right. Okay. It's all, it's just gotta, gotta be able to count. It's gotta compromise. You have to, and, and more importantly, you have to be willing to have the conversation. You're not willing to have conversations about like big things. I know, not right now. I've just been nervous to do it. He's your guy. I mean, this is, yeah. I, mean, you I just get, emerged you, from like baby land. I know, I just need to do it. Do it. Why does it have to be a confrontation? I, yeah, I it does. It it's does. a discussion. And there's right. nothing wrong with getting a couples therapist to help guide you through these, these things. And if you're not getting couples therapy right now, I absolutely think it would be something to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a negative thing. It's not a sign that things are bad. And, you know, it's some, something like a lot of guys might, re- like he might respond that way. But you know, you let him know that I told him that it's not a bad thing. Okay, I'll <laughs> let him know. <laughs> I I won the uh, like a, the wedding that Ben Higgins was promoting probably like I don't know three four years ago, and we got like pretty far into the situation, and then he was like, "It's too much." Like oh, I like, don't. Oh, want, when Ben know. was like marrying people, whatever. Yeah, I almost did it. <laughs> I uh, won. Ben was it. gonna marry you. 
so he put on this huge wedding in Colorado with 10 couples. I don't know if you he promoted I, I remember, it. And I remember. And you were gonna be one of the 10? I was. I was selected as one of the 10, and I got pretty far. Uh, and then we had to fly out to LA to do some like press stuff, and he was like, This is way too much. Like and and he had a right to say that's not for me. I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't want to do that shit. A lot of people would. It's like <laughs> You know, these are just all things that people have a right to like freely talk about and it's okay. And we like, I think sometimes as couples, we have a way of making our partners feel like they're wrong for having a feeling about something. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So just acknowledge his feelings about the courthouse and he needs to acknowledge your feelings about want something. And then you figure out how to close that gap and compromise. Okay. No, you helped. You helped. Thank you. All right. Best of luck. All right. All right. Let us know how it goes. Send us a follow-up when you get married. Uh, I will. All right. It won't be at a courthouse. Bye. And that's that's good. That's a good non-negotiable. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that being your non-negotiable. I know. All right. Okay. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow with Morgan Apsher going to talk about all the latest freestyle, you know. Some headlines. Headlines. Well, uh, we're just going to talk some shit. And by shit, I mean just shoot the breeze shoot the shit shoot the shit uh going deeper on wednesday and we'll uh, have some hopefully new office hours bye